To say that, oh, people aren't reading blogs is just nonsense. I am reading blogs. I am here. I am one of six people. And Dean has just said the same. I read blogs that are blogs that I follow. Um, but then I also discover blogs that I've got information. And I'm guessing that some of these blogs that I've discovered with information are just the sort of thing that you're talking about that you do yourself for your own videos of posting your transcripts. So it works. I like big blogs and I cannot lie. No, okay. Well, I'm not going to go into that because I don't want to get demonetized. But, <laughs> but I do like I do like me some blogs. So I wanted to put it put a question out to my fellow peas to find out whether you guys are like blogalicious. Do you like blogs? Are you doing a blog? If you have one, did you or, or did you start one? We blogging, baby. Let's go. I started a blog a while ago and I'm considering going back to it again. Okay. But um I I would argue newsletters over blogs. So let me just throw down right now. Uh you know, blogs are fine Ooh. for getting people to traffic to your website, but I think for engagement, I think for membership and and uh, building eyes, you need a newsletter over a blog. There I said it. I'd, I'd say that those two are, th are very different things. So uh, a, a newsletter is to engage with your existing database, your email database that you've got. You're sending out a newsletter to the people that you're already connected with. Um, we talk about YouTube being like the second largest search engine, the largest being Google, <laughs> which are both the same company, obviously. But in terms of promoting your video content as content creators, um, actually, a blog can be the best way to funnel people into your videos uh, that aren't actually looking for you on YouTube itself. Um, and that's something that I've not been doing, but is definitely on my list of things that I want to do. I basically want to create a blog post for every video I've ever done um, so that uh, and potentially using the uh, uh, AI capabilities that we talked about way back last week um, to actually generate some of that, uh, some of those descriptions and things like that. Um, but so that people are finding your uh, your video content and the stuff we're creating in, in a video sense on the web, on a blog, and then that feeds them into the, the video and maybe even feeds them into your mailing list so that then they're available to receive your newsletter. They're two very different things. Booyaka. Go ahead. That's what I'm talking about. I'm kind of already doing that. Uh, I started to do that um, when I started creating all of my evergreen content. Um, oh, goodness. Maybe a couple years ago. And so with every... With every episode, there is a blog component as well as a podcast component uh, to it. Uh, I just haven't figured out my um, my plan to kind of distribute it and do all the different things yet. So I'm working on that plan. But I I, I kind of I love the blog because it's a long form that then begets all the other pieces of the things that I create. So um, you know I I just I just love it. But um, does anyone else have a blog that they're that they're using? Just jump in. I'm pretty sure that you could be a child blogger. I've been writing on the internet since I was in diapers, it feels like. Um, and I don't create dedicated content just for a blog anymore because I just don't think the results yield the... Or the, the, the <laughs> I'm trying to say something like it's just not worth it. But what I do do instead is I post the transcripts of my live streams and the videos that I do 
underneath my videos on my website. So all of my natural verbiage sentences that incorporate all the search terms that people might be looking for are full in my website. So people will find that stuff. What will happen is nobody wants to read articles anymore. I'm one of the weirdos that does because that's the background I come from. But most people want to watch things. But in order to do the SEO part, you need the content that is going to be expressed in the video to be in the blog. So that's the transcript. So that's the way that I do it in order to make sure that I still have the number one search engine in the world accessing my stuff. And people do find me through uh, my websites for sure in that respect, but they don't consume that content. They just kind of find me and then they go watch videos. And that's just fine for me because I'm not spending any extra energy to make that content. That's my approach. Yeah. We've had our blog up for 10, 12 years and it's, we do five or six articles a month about generic marketing things. I don't know if it does any good at all, but we've been doing it so long. It's almost, it seems silly not to do it because it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy to generate five or six articles a month and, and put them up. And I'm sure we get something out of it, but I don't think it's a lot. I don't think it's a lot at all. And I think to Keely's point, the blog really is for the robots. It's for them to read it so that they can come back to your stuff. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's a way well, actually, to still, you know, become an be robots, in, that, but in you're, that respect. You're, you're supposed to actually write for the, for the reader. You're not supposed to write for, I mean, I know what you're supposed to do, but I, what, I mean, I know right. what people do versus what you're supposed to do. Um, the stuff we put out is actually for people that want to read it. I don't really, you know, SEO is such a beat down. I don't know how to do it. I don't, I don't know how to do it effectively or correctly or. You, you've mentioned before, Rich, about how, um, you know, part of the reason for doing this is so that when people actually do find you and then they go and look you up on the, you know, on, on your website, or whatever, they can see that you're active and see, you know, the, the, the history of it. One area where I used to have a blog was with an architectural design and construction company. And so I would blog there about the progress of all the builds that we were doing. Um, and the reason for that is I got to articulate my thoughts and things like that about what it was we were building. And so people who were potential clients who might have wanted us to build their dream house in Thailand, for example, um, there's lots of horror stories about builders and things like that over here um, because they don't have the same sort of standards of build and things like that. Whereas having a blog for me to actually demonstrate, you know, this is the process we go through, this is my thought process, and this is how we manage builds. Um, it is something that, it, you know, that, that then from a point of view of a, a potential client coming in and seeing that and getting to see your thought process, uh, that I think has a huge amount of value. And I'm guessing, Rich, that's going to well, be that use, similar in for that you. Use case you know, it's fantastic. In that use case, it's fantastic, Alex, mm -hmm. the way, you, way you're doing it, where you're actually talking about work you're doing. And maybe we need to do more of that, more case study mm -hmm. type stuff to show what's effective and what's not effective mm -hmm. and things like that. Well, all right. Well, I have a quick question. A, a quick question. Well, what inspires you really? Like, so Alec, you've been doing this. You've been doing, you were doing this before, right? Um, I'm kind of new to it. So, and I'm enjoying it. I kind of like, the reason why I like it is because I could kind of think through something, a, 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 an idea. Once I have the idea, now I'm like, okay, I'm think I'm thinking about the process of, you know, how I'm going to be able to communicate this idea and then it being in long form, then I could then chop it up and make short form content out of it, you know, from the content creator side. 
So I guess the question I have will would, you know, for, for anyone else who have that experience or who want to do it is what inspires you uh, or how, how, how are you inspired to, you know, to kind of like go? I mean, what is it? What is the thing other than just putting your thoughts down? Uh, do you have like, do you have a plan in mind for like how you want to, pr- you know, use this platform to maybe create an authority? You know, I like that use case with, with engineering and how you did it that way. But I'm thinking for other creators, how, how can we use this tool? This is just one of the many tools that we have. How can we use this tool to help us, you know, further what we're doing? For me, I'm answering questions. So whether people need to understand how to do something in Discord or they want to understand how to make a decision on the hockey pitch as an umpire, they're asking me questions. They want information that's going to help them do that thing better. And so anything that I produce is in reply to that. That builds my credibility, my authority, all that kind of thing, the the know, like, and trust. But for me, it doesn't make sense in those two subject areas, and that's not true for everybody, but it doesn't make sense for me not to put video with that because there's so much visual information that needs to go along with that information. So that's why I'm video first now. I'm firmly video first in that regard when it comes to a website. Now, of course, you know, Twitter and LinkedIn are totally different animals and they operate under a different set of rules and that's a different discoverability engine. But for me, it's, it just makes sense that I'm extracting my answers from the videos that I've been making. And that makes up the written blogging content on my site. Okay. What about you, Rob? Do you have any experience doing blogs and a use case for that? Over time, you know, in medical marketing, I've done, I've either written or had physicians write blog posts for us. And, um, you know, it's, it's nice to have out there. It's, it's, it helps with discoverability for our website, but I don't think we're, you know, and again, you know, we're talking about a very specific niche of healthcare. So our audience is 120,000 people in the United States, maybe, um, you know, we're hitting it so that it it helps us uh, build brand awareness, but I don't think we're changing anybody's mind or necessarily, you know, elevating ourselves to expert status because everybody in my field thinks they're an expert anyway. So you're just, it's just competing egos. So it's, it's SEO. It's, uh, it's acknowledgement that we're within the field that we're in and it gets people to pick up the phone to ask us the questions they need to ask us. And that's pretty much all I've seen it do in my day-to-day job. But, you know, the, the creation of those blog posts generally, uh, you know, are best done, best written in by a physician. Sometimes I write them and then they rewrite them or vice versa. But, you know, just it's trying to get blood out of a, a rock sometimes trying to get a physician to write an interesting and engaging blog post for your medical website. So, 
I mean, you guys could also use it on LinkedIn because, I mean, those articles and those things in order for you to be found, um, you know, LinkedIn is very um, literary. So, you know, it's one of those things that you could use there um, to kind of show your expertise there in LinkedIn and, you know, talking about being found, using it as a discovery tool. Um, I think that's another use case that you could, you know, potentially use your blog for so that you can um, find traffic or traffic can find you. Um, That's pretty much how I want to use it. And so that's kind of where I started. That's why I started doing it. And so now I have a bank of them, of all these different blogs that I created um, and essentially launching my, you know, launching my stuff on LinkedIn so that professionals can find me. Um, for the most part. So uh, it was, it's all part of me branding myself, trying to get all this stuff together. But I don't know. I just, I just, I think, I think it's something that I could use in from, from me, uh, uh, per se. I'm not sure how far it goes or, or, or if it's actually moving the needle, but um, uh, you know, it's a, just part of discoverability for me, at least that's how I, how I see it. What about you, Dina? Do you have any um, any? Um, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> do you do you write the blog post first and then uh, mm-hmm. do the video, Michelle, or is it vice vice versa? Yeah, I I, I write the blog I think first. for my niche, I think for my niche, it will it would be good for me to do it, and I think it would just be helpful for my content period if I were to write a blog post before I actually do the video. Um, it's, you know, a form of scripting in a way it gets me clear on what I want to convey and everything. So for me, it just, especially the garden stuff, it just makes sense to do it. Am I doing it? No. Should I do it? Yes. Will I? I hope so. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, well, I mean, it's it goals, you know, we, we got goals. We got goals. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Oh, I'm my goodness. Running water this week. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, um, okay. So, all right. So this next question is related to, uh, it's around monetization. And I mean, I, we're all newbies. We're all trying to find our way in the world here. And, but I've, I've heard, I've heard, I actually have some friends who, um, you know, they're like in book clubs and different things. And so they do, they monetize their blogs. And so, um, you know, for that particular use case, you know, they're all uh, content creators too, because, you know, they write books and stuff like that. And so they monetize their blogs. And so I, I, I don't have any, any clue how they do it, but I don't know if any of you have, you know, done this or, 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 or know how this could then help us as creators, how we can monetize our writings. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, cause I know for you, Keely, your video first, I get that. Um, but, you know, have you thought about maybe trying to monetize this in some sort of way, maybe through, you know, through the email version of that or a, a newsletter where you put a little bit more into it or whatever, like how you do rich. So, I mean, what are your thoughts about that? You can monetize a blog in terms of like have it a bit like people can have a podcast where they have uh, you know members only 
uh, feed as well. So with the RSS feed that you're going to get from a blog, you can also have some of it that's behind a paywall. So there's a few people that do this where they've got like, uh, there's a couple of tech blogs that I follow where they've got a, a regular blog that everyone can see. But then there's also other posts that come out that are members only posts. And so that is literally you just paying a subscription to get their writing uh, on those those other th- days that it isn't sort of public. And that just comes in a separate feed. So that's an obvious way that you can do it is just literally put up a paywall and send it to people who subscribe. Um, the other thing, obviously, is just on-screen advertising, you know, on the site av- advertising with, uh, you know, AdSense. Uh, that's obviously a massive revenue model for a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the blogs that just literally have ads down the side. And that's they're, they're purely blogs and they're making their money from that. Um, and then obviously just selling ad spots on it. For me, the way that I will use it going forward for what I'm doing is it'll just be a, a conduit to send people through to my other content um and my intention this is another thing that i'm not doing yet but is part of the plan is to just use the blog as a repository for everything else so uh, all of the videos should have a associated blog post and i love keely's approach of just putting the transcript and that being the way people find it and send them through to the video um i will be starting a newsletter um that will also be posted as a blog post as well if people like it there then they can subscribe to get all of the rest of them it's for me it's just going to be like where i post everything i post little short tips on twitter um and uh, uh instagram you know images that should all be going onto the blog as well so i see just put like everything onto the blog um for that searchability and then direct people to if you want to get this consistently on the other platform then they can they can find it like that that's my sort of approach and monetizing it that way i like that i like that does I've, anyone I started subscribe at- to any Substack um, feeds? Yes, I do. I'm still, um, I'm, st- yeah. I'm still trying to figure out really what's the difference between that and just a blog. Is it simply because people don't want to maintain their own thing? And it's it's a platform. I think that's really it, yeah. And I know that they do it's, have monetization there. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is the couple of Substacks that I do, that medium has the ability to monetize. There's different ways, but the there are two uh, locally written substacks for, you know, politics in my area. And so I subscribe to them, and I'm glad I do. I, I pay them, and they, they come out four days a week with, with an email that goes, you know, that has a lot of what they're talking about in the email as part of the subscription, but you can go to their website as a subscriber and read the rest of it off of a webpage. So Substack is, is the tools. And I'm, who is the creator that's the physician, uh, Keely like directed me toward him, the physician that does uh, a lot about creator, uh, the creator space. Um, I started to watch videos from him the other day based on that. And of course you can Elliot see Bill? he's, yeah, Ali. He was talking about he has a fairly new video that discusses web content versus uh Substack versus newsletters and why it's important. And and the reasoning that he was giving, you know, because the argument of the video was why you need to create a newsletter. And part of that goes back to the things that we've discussed, have been discussed all the time is that you don't own your audience when they're part of Facebook or Twitter or YouTube is that, you know, those people are tied into some other person's platform. And if that platform goes away, you've lost all those people that you've built. 
And the argument being is, is that uh, using a newsletter, a subscription newsletter service, you've got their contact information and uh, you have the ability to communicate to them, sell directly to them, you know, outside of that, that garden that is Twitter or Facebook or whatever else. And I, that's kind of the direction I'm going with it is that if you're going to build an audience, you need to keep the audience engaged, but you also know how to be, you have to be able to communicate with them outside of those social media channels. So quick question, what, what tools are you guys using or will we use for those who haven't started yet? What, what are some of the tools that you see? Okay. Kajabi. See, I was going to, and, and, uh, and Michelle will leave her uh, 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 affiliate link for Kajabi in the uh, description. But, uh, you know, I, I, I dug back in and looked into Substack, and I'm like, can I do that already in Kajabi? And for what I need to do at the level I need to do it, Kajabi is going to be the tool that I will do a newsletter on. And then, obviously, they've got a blogging function for my website as well. So, you know, I've probably, for my consulting business have 12, 15 articles up there from the past two years. Um, and they've gotten traffic and I've gotten phone calls, but you know, I need to be serious about it. So I'm going to make the investment in time of my time to make sure that um, I'm integrating that into Kajabi so that I've got that everything into that ecosphere at the same time to go back to what I said a minute ago, Again, if Kajabi goes away, what happens? Um, you know, so I will I will have it so that all of my audience information gets copied over into a Google spreadsheet or something like that. And the thing that always is, has fascinated or bewildered me, however, is when people will make a video and put it up on YouTube. And then they throw everything away and they just assume that video is going to live a happy, healthy life on YouTube. And they don't have anything archived to create that, be it a script or be it a video files or their editing files or whatever that's just gone. So I, you know, I would also argue that, you know, if you're going to keep the names, addresses, phone numbers, email addresses of your user base, that somehow, some way, you take it upon yourself to take the data that's on your blog, take the data that's on your YouTube channel, however, and store it somewhere just in case the world blows up or Google gets bought up by the Chinese government or whatever's next. I don't know. It's funny you say that because I, I well, I had... My original website was a WordPress website. And so I'm, I'm new to Kajabi. So... I'm starting to move a lot of my things from WordPress to Kajabi. However, most of my blogs already live there. I mean, I've I've been creating a bank of of blogs, a bank of all kinds of things over there on the WordPress site. And then I'm starting to slowly move everything over to kind of get everything in one ecosystem. Um the one thing that was was quite annoying and because people you people leave comments on your on your blogs. Usually it's a bot of some sort and it's usually annoying and it's usually pornographic in, in response or whatever. And I, I it's annoying. So I end up having to like, 
you know, go in and delete all those things. But I want it to still be a discoverable type of situation wherever it is. Right now it lives on WordPress. It's going to live in Kajabi eventually. All of them are going to live there. And I'm just sort of like, you know, shifting and moving things and rebranding a little bit uh, to get things ecosystem. But I, I I had a conversation, you know, I had a conversation with 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 uh, with Keely, I guess, talking about those those annoying comments and things that people leave on those on on on, on your written work, and I'm like, okay, um, I didn't know I, I didn't know how to like, you know, how to how to filter that stuff out, even though I do have something on the site that kind of helps with spam because you know, that's what it is. It's spam, but there are different tools and things that you could use on your stuff to kind of, you know, d- you know, make that not happen. So far, I haven't seen that in, in on Kajabi yet. Um, and so I'm very thankful for that, but I didn't know if anyone else had like any other tips or, or things on your written work that you, you know, to try to keep the, keep the, keep the weirdness to a minimum. I know Keely, you use it to like answer questions and that's how your discoverability gets, you know, um, happens because you're actually answering questions and doing different things and all that. And so how is, how is that uh, for you? Like, do you get those annoying, um, spam bot kind of things on your writings? I mean, how do, you, do you notice that? I I used to, except I've invested a lot of time and energy into anti-spam and, and secure protections on my WordPress website. But the best thing I ever did was just turn off comments on it because that's not where my interaction is. And I don't want people just to interact there. I don't think that replies have anywhere near the algorithmic impact on WordPress as they do on YouTube or Twitter or anything like that, because those social algorithms are trained to give a lot of value and importance to those. Whereas on WordPress is like, oh, this is like just a tiny little fraction of a drop in a bucket. Like it's nothing. So I steer those conversations into my Discord server because that's where I have the people who I'm actually really, really responding to. And if somebody wants to engage in a conversation, that's where I take them or it's on the YouTube video, it's on whatever the case might be. So I just, I I think it's one of those very low reward and high risk situations. I just turn off the comments. It's literally, it's a search engine for me. And that's, that's the best way that I can use it. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, another question for you guys, for, you know, for those who want to start a blog, what advice would you give someone? It's, it's not a short term benefit. It's long term. It, it, in, it, it's a little bit of magic. It's a little bit of SEO. It's a little bit of snake oil. Um, you're going to hear so many people approach you and offer to write guest blog posts for you. You're going to be offered so many chances to take, uh, uh, I'm going to double, triple your volume of visitors to your blog type of thing. Just pay me a thousand bucks. Don't. Just 
don't. Find people within your niche that are friends uh, that'll give you the whole honest truth. And then just go to YouTube. If you really need to learn to do something, 99% of the time, if it's WordPress related or Kajabi related, well, Kajabi has got good customer support, but if you need to do something, there's a Facebook group or YouTube channel for free that you can go and get the information that you need to get to fix it. You don't, you know, I say this as a person that wants to sell his services to help people brand themselves. And and I, I see the slight hypocrisy here, but my value add is different in terms of what I'm offering. But, you know, the simple stuff in terms of, of starting a blog and running it on a server and starting that server and picking a server and picking the, and installing a theme and all that stuff, it's all available on YouTube. And, and you can learn it in a few minutes and it won't cost you a dime. I'm going to pick up Rob's point and say- I'm going to run with it to say that my advice is don't. Honestly, don't. So one of the things, the first things that you learn in the Ship 30 for 30 course is that digital writing is no longer about blogging. If you want to find out what in your niche is, what people in your niche respond to, what they're looking for, write on Twitter and LinkedIn and use the algorithms that are going to be so much more effective to get your message into the right people's brains and find those people there with your writing rather than writing a blog. That is literally pushing the biggest boulder up the hill that you possibly can. And from there, if you want to then have your property, your paywall, your walled garden, whatever it is, that's where your courses, your other in-depth mentorship, all those things, that's what goes behind the paywall. But your writing is you just giving it all away and then teaching them how to do things or how how better to connect or whatever it is that you're selling that goes behind something else. But digital writing isn't about blogging anymore. It's about getting it out on Twitter and LinkedIn. I kind and of disagree with my that. Because I, I have, disagree with I, that. I, I, go on, Danette, you go. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about the blogs that I still read mm-hmm. and they're good. And it's not, Okay, I need to step back. I don't completely disagree. I think for the angle that you guys are you're talking at about more of the content creator um, trying to make money by selling courses, that kind of thing, sure, I'll buy it. But when I look at some of the DIY blogs that I read, or um, Cup of Joe is my favorite, Cup of Joe, uh, J-O, it, it, it's not about the things that we are talking about in terms of making a business of, of content creatorness. And there are a lot of blogs out there that are still doing that. Um, for me, I think there will be some entries that really are not aligned with this goes with a video per se. And a blog is going to be the right place for me to do that and have a nice little package of for people who find me over here in blog space, great. For people who find me in YouTube, great. Sometimes they're not going to cross. And there are people that will value both sides. And there's going to be people that value one one or the other. So I just, I don't think we should be dismissing the traditional blog yet. It's just there's a right time and a right place. 
I totally agree with that. I mean, the idea that our blogs are dead is just nonsense, frankly. And you might have, you know, learned about how to you know make the most out of LinkedIn and Twitter and all this. And that's great. Yeah, there is an audience there. Uh, but the whole world isn't there. And when I know that I go and search for things, I read blog posts. There are certain ones that I just read religiously in any case. So those certainly aren't dead to me. And those people are making a fine living out of it. Um, but then there's also every week I probably read, you know, I don't know, five or 10 blog posts from things that I've searched for. And I found it on Google. It's taken me to a blog and I've read the blog and I've learned what I needed to learn from it. Maybe then I've gone and clicked into, you know, the follow through and that is, you know, their, their website, their, uh, videos or something like that. I have never searched for that stuff on LinkedIn the stuff that I'm still using blogs for. So the idea that blogs are dead is just frankly nonsense. Why not be a writer on LinkedIn, on Twitter, but also be posting it to a blog because you've already created the content to just dismiss it is just missing a massive, you know, the bigger pond. You're just looking at the the, the, the LinkedIn side of stuff, which is a, a small fraction of the, uh, the the world. Why not also post that to a blog so that it is available to everyone, <laughs> not just those that are on LinkedIn? Oh, it's available to everybody on a blog, but nobody's going to find it. It's about growing an audience. And if you don't care about growing an audience, then then that's fine. No, no, you're missing the point. Your your, your advice was, uh, I would say to people, don't start a blog. Right. If you are writing content anyway, and you've got a website, presumably, why not be posting the exact same content that you're posting on LinkedIn on a blog so that you haven't got it in that little walled garden of LinkedIn? There's so many people aren't on LinkedIn and yet you, you might well be serving your, your audience on LinkedIn and that's great. Definitely keep doing that. I'm not saying I'll oh, ignore LinkedIn now and just make everything blogs, but why wouldn't you post that high quality written content that you're posting there to make it available for everyone who isn't on LinkedIn as well? Because you, to say that all oh, people aren't reading blogs is just nonsense. I am reading blogs. I am here. I am one of six people. And Dean has just said the same. I read blogs that are blogs that I follow. Um, but then I also discover blogs that I've got information. And I'm guessing that some of these blogs that I've discovered with information are just the sort of thing that you're talking about that you do yourself for your own videos of posting your transcripts. So mm-hmm. it works. <laughs> the blogs do work. It's you've, you've yourself just given the case of how to use a blog for your videos. So why tell people on this podcast, oh, don't make a blog? It just seems it's just totally in conflict with everything that you said in the first half. <laughs> okay. Ooh, the kids are yeah, fighting. Yeah, you're stupid. The kids are fighting. <laughs> no, no, no. But I it's, still it's not stand fighting. by what it's I said. Like if you're talking Jane, about starting a blog, ignorant. don't. Start Holy something else. Fuck. No, no. God damn, it, this is awesome. the, the, I don't know. I mean, the, if you... Just, we're, not, we're not fighting. It's just a difference of opinion. But the question was, yeah. what would you say to someone thinking of starting a blog and to just immediately shoot it down and say, I would say, don't do it. Well, how about if somebody really enjoys writing as well? Some people really enjoy the process of writing. Maybe right. LinkedIn isn't yeah. the right place I mean, for if you're a writer and you want to write because you love writing, that's different. We're content creators yes. because we're in this for a business. And I thought that's kind of the angle that we were aiming for. I'm not talking yeah, is, about people you, who want to write for a hobby. That's totally different. That's, no, not, no, but that's, not, that's not us. Yeah. But the question was, should some, what would you advise would you give to somebody wanting to start a blog? That's the advice. And the, and to say don't, I think, oh, is okay. a really good Okay, bad, if we're talking to everybody, then fine. Yes, yeah, some people should start well, a blog. No, no, content creators <laughs> okay, here. are creating a business. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Blogs are content. Yeah. So when you create a yeah. blog, you are creating content. There you go. Okay, so I'm going to answer that question. I'm going to answer it. Um, 
I would tell the person to reflect on the blogs that make them want to start a blog. You know, you've seen something obviously that you've liked. And I would say to really look at those and decide if that's the right thing for your niche. Um, if it's a really good one, do you really think you could do it too? Um, and think about the reasons you shouldn't do it. And, you know, all the, the normal things that we, we talk about, consistency, um, you know, do you, do you know what you're talking about? That kind of thing. Uh, I wouldn't dissuade somebody from doing it, but I'd make sure that, that they understood why they were starting it. Because let's face it, that's what I started at. That's what I wanted to have was a blog. But it wasn't until I started okay. really looking at putting it together. Um, it, it just led more to the visual aspects of the home place. And blog, 100% blog wasn't the answer for me. So it took me some, some time to get there. So if I wanted to help somebody who was starting out and they thought that the blog was the answer, I'd help them parse through that to make sure that that was the right thing. I wouldn't Can say I it's not the right thing. I just want to make sure it's the right one. Yeah, go ahead. Here's, here's another question. If you are creating content already for other platforms, walled garden platforms, why, what reason would you have for not also promote, posting that through a blog? I don't. That, that is not how I interpreted the question that Michelle asked. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, okay, I, would so argue, I would answer Alex's question by saying there are certain things that I can I might deem, you know, uh, proprietary information that I might mm -hmm. only want to sell to a certain group of people. I might write sure, something that dances around it, but I don't want to put it in the blog because I want a specific audience to get that particular thing for any amount of compensation, be that an email address or a, a fee. But I will go back again to what Keely and I were saying in, in answering the question, what do you tell somebody that might want to do a blog and say, don't, you know, listen to us and why we don't think you should start a, a blog and then do what you're going to do. And the reality is, is I would much rather have somebody say, you know, here's the pain that you're going to go through. This is the things that you need to know ahead of time. Here's, I've, you know, I've been in this hole. I know how to get out. <clears throat> and so, you know, might I, it might it be a little bit of slapping across the face, a little bit of Gary V's FU type of you know, mentality, but it's just saying to them, listen, you know, don't do it. And here's why now go do it is probably a whole nother thing. You've got to hear both sides of the argument. We can't just paint this to be this little fairyland where everybody can have a blog and everything is going to ha happen. I want you to know that it's going to be 20, 30, 40 posts before you get somebody to bite. Just like, you know, we've discussed about this particular podcast. We're going down the road. Do I, you know, what I say, if somebody asked me, would you start a podcast tomorrow? You know, I would say probably the same thing as, as, a, as, a, as a blog. doesn't mean I wouldn't do it. 
Well, this was a rousing conversation. I really, really enjoyed this tonight. I was not expecting the uh, dichotomy, but you know what? That's why that's why we do this. We do this so that we can share opinions. We can share share our expertise and all the different things. So, look, if you're looking to start a blog, hey, three people say no, and three people say yes. So you choose. Okay, it's on you, boo. Deuces. Thanks for hopping into our Creators Pod. If you enjoyed it, we'd love if you would subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell all of your friends. Check out the video version on our YouTube channel, Creators Pod. The Creators Pod is produced by C22 Media, Alec Johnson, Dina Taylor, Michelle Lawrence, Rich Graham, Rob Balls, and me, Keely Dunn. Thanks, friends.